3: Well, I'm up it. Jacks. I'm Tom Eliani on the board. SP Futures down thirty-three seventy-five. Make that 34 as a Futures down 116 We were down a bunch yesterday morning, and we came back on the close, and now we're down a bunch this morning. We'll see if we come back again. It's been a good couple of weeks for the bite of dippers in the morning, but then we seem to go down again the next day. And uh market's all over the place, but really hasn't moved all that much. Do we have, uh, I mean, if you look back a couple of weeks, we've been down on a year, but we were down on a year a couple of weeks ago. Do we have Brendan? Uh, where? How are you, How way, you way, um, You're going to explain. I'm doing well. You're going to explain all to us th- about this whole Ukrainian thing. But before you do that, let's just say we had a couple of bottles of Russian vodka. Now we don't want to buy any we more. Especially
4: right? delivered to you.
3: <laughs> well, you, you can buy it, but I mean, uh, although although uh, Stoly, which is allegedly Russian vodka, he hasn't been made in Russia for like seventy years, right? Didn't they leave before Stalin was there or something? I, don't know if I mm-hmm. thought they did anyway. It's all,
4: but it's all in the marketing.
3: So should we throw it out or hurry up and drink it? Just not buy anymore.
4: I say don't buy anymore, and you may want to keep it because it could increase in value. It could be the new cryptocurrency.
3: Um, at least it's worth so something. Trading in vodka
4: instead of instead of Bitcoin.
3: Well, at least vodka is worth something. Boo! Shot at Bitcoin. <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> That's true. Uh, what do you
3: uh, What do you make of all this? Hey, I, I'm I'm kind of stunned at the uh actually pretty pleased to see the amount of uh sanctions. Um I've been going back and forth with our friend Carl regarding uh how this all took place in the sense that you know even though the guy was a uh, uh, you know the, the big remember the guy with the huge palace and everything uh mm-hmm. that he was the Russian guy and we we had our fingers all over as it's some people from Europe and overthrowing him and putting basically a Ukrainian guy in there. And uh and that we, the whole intention was to bring Ukraine basically into the European Union. And that was certainly not what the what Putin or the Russians or wherever they say I'm not I'm not uh by the way, I'm not advocating this as a point of view of mine. I'm just I'm just saying to go back into the history some people have been telling me that. I mean, plus, I have no idea what that means today. But the, uh, the history of it is is that uh, the West, you know, in some people's mind, pushed a little too hard, and, and Putin reacted. That's why he had a had to, or it's why he felt he had to do the thing in the uh, Crimea a while ago, because he was not about to lose his southern port, and it looked like the way Ukraine was turning that he might actually lose that. So now he's, in his view, he needs to take it by force, because essentially we screwed him on the deal. We we are the West. Now, I guess, uh, Brennan, there probably is some truth to that, but then how long do you get to have a, a corrupt place in there, and, and, uh, and then, uh, why would anybody want to be, uh, you know, a trading partner of Russia if they could be Europe when Russia, Russia seems to be going down a rat hole and it's run by, you know, 500 goons basically, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't well, know the answer. I, I mean, I don't know the answer. That's what I'm asking you. Where, where do you sit on all this? I mean, right now, the idea that you, in this day and age, you go barging tanks into a city of a million people. I mean, I don't care what goes on. You can't, you can't be doing that. So that, that's kind of the side I'm mm-hmm. on. But as the, as the whole, you know, 15 year fiasco, I, I don't, I don't really know <laughs> how to sum it all up to you.
4: Well, you see, that that depends on your perspective of the attack. You could say that Russia's tanks are moving into and destroying the city by bombardment. You could also say that the city is moving towards Russian tanks and knocking its own buildings down in anticipation of the Russian attack. It all depends on the spin that you're getting, because, you know, from what I've been seeing in different reports, Putin is acting like it's, uh, that he's acting defensively in all of this, even though it's hard to figure out how you're defensive when you've got 150,000 troops around the border of a country that is very militarily uh, uh, subservient to you and and their needs. Um, But I think, you know, oftentimes we we don't look at the the long-term history of countries. For example, Ukraine is just one of the satellite countries that used to be part of the USSR, the Soviet Union. And when the Soviet Union fell apart in 1991, a lot of them became, returned to being independent countries. And over the course of the last, what, 32 years, 31 years or so, um, a lot of those countries have started to develop their own economies and have moved closer to uh, the European Union and European countries into the West, which gives pause to Putin. So, yeah, he's looking not only at Crimea, which... You know, I think there's some truth to the fact that there were more Russian-identified um, people in Crimea, certainly than in Ukraine, but he's treating this as uh, the West is trying to poach our countries, our satellites, instead of giving them free will, whichever they want. And you're right, that the Russian economy is starting to go really badly into the crapper. And, uh, you know, they, they may want these other countries, the Balkan countries, uh, may also want to go into more to the European Union away from Russia, so reducing the Russian sphere of influence. Also from what I've read, you know, Putin is a, an old KGB guy who really thinks that the worst thing that happened in Western civilization was the fall of the, of the Soviet Union back in the 90s, late 80s and early 90s. And he wants to regain some of that power and prestige and be the leader of the Soviet Union, be the one who brought Russia back to its glory. All of which makes for really difficult times, and something like what's going on right now in the Ukraine. Ukraine.
3: Well, I think what they they sort of miss, and you know, my background is in you know economics, and uh, well, economics eventually spells power, and you can't have five hundred goons have have run your place down to where your your your, uh, national product is the size of Italy, and think you're going to be a star on the world stage. I mean, if they didn't have oil or gas, what would they Mm -hmm. have? Nothing. you know, I, I it's at some point plus he he must realize the history that there's not a whole lot of Ukrainians over the age of sixty that have any love for Russia with, with the with two phantom fan, you know, the two famines that uh, how many people in Stalin color, for God's sake? I mean it's not like they Yeah. But I mean, you know, the idea that there's Russian speaking people there, all of a sudden you get to go take it. I mean there's there's English speaking people in Toronto. We don't get to run tanks up there and say it's ours.
4: Right. Hey, don't mess with Toronto. I was born in Toronto, so, yeah. you know, you're, you're,
3: done, you're nice there. I, I actually lived there for a <laughs> few months when my mother first got married to my stepfather. He had a job up there, and we went up there for a while before we got a job back in Chicago. And uh, Toronto is now bigger than the uh, city of Chicago, right?
2: Mm-hmm. But,
3: but they cheat. Now, you may ask, how chief do they cheat? We we lived in a, I guess they call them a suburb. Uh, called Dan Mills when we were uh, when we, we lived up there. And, uh, and now I'm driving around, where the hell is this Dan Mills? It turns out it's like a neighborhood in Toronto now. They annexed basically all the suburbs.
4: Which, obviously, if Chicago did,
3: it'd be a lot bigger than
4: Toronto, right? Well, Chicago did. Uh, many years ago, a lot of the neighborhoods that you talking about were independent towns of their own that were annexed. So yeah, I think a lot of metro- metropolitan areas do the same thing. It's just a matter of when they do it. Have they done it recently? Have they done it 100, hundred, twenty years ago?
3: Well, you know who else? Uh, I guess it, I guess maybe it sort of made sense. I don't know, depending on what side you were on. I think uh, Indianapolis, when they built the, uh, I mean, a lot of cities. When we talk about urban planning. I remember having a course in this. Uh, when you look at the tri-state tollway here. It goes around the city, it's an outer beltway, correct? Well, most cities Mm -hmm. don't have a lake on one side, so the outer beltway actually goes around the whole city, right? And it's called a circumferential, as I recall. Uh, so when you, when you get to Indianapolis, you don't have to go through downtown. You can use the interstate to go around the place, to bypass. And I don't know if they make trucks do that or not. They use, anyway, what Indianapolis did is they annexed everything out to there, you know, the circle, the circle tollway, or whatever you want to call it. I think a lot of places did that. They said if you're in, if you're in the if you're in the Beltway, basically, and, but this the Chicago never, I don't think, thought to, of course, nobody them to, to annex all the way out to the tri-state.
4: Mm-hmm. But hey, I, I want well, you, well, that's right. But, but you think even of New York? I mean, Brooklyn at one time was the third largest city in the country, and now it's a part of New York City. So.
3: Yeah, well, it wasn't the. The Bronx is, is, was as big as Chicago, wasn't it, at one time?
4: Could have been. I don't know that for a fact. But um, I know, I know. Like most of the boroughs were independent villages or towns or cities that all were next to become the, the city of New York.
3: Well, the uh, so from your ex- experience dealing with interesting creatures as a lawyer, um, what's more dangerous here in terms of Putin? If if they continue to, I'll say struggle. I'm not saying they're losing because they got more, more, inf- more stuff. Uh, if they continue to struggle to the point where they absolutely get bogged down, is he more dangerous or less? What do you think he's going to do? I mean, a- I think he's more dangerous.
4: I, I, I think he's more dangerous. The the longer this goes on, because I think he tried to use uh, for one of a, a a better analogy, a surgical precision to move in and up towns and really expect the, the Ukrainian soldiers to just roll over in much the same way that, that we saw happen in Afghanistan, where the Afghan military just kind of rolled over and by the time of the withdrawal and didn't fight. And I think he expected the Ukrainians to do the same thing. And it's not happening. In fact, it's uh strength the resolve. And of course, it makes him and Russia look weak if they can't roll over a country like Ukraine in a matter of hours or days instead of months. And it bogs down. And, you know, it, it's really interesting when you think about that part of the world and, and world history because think back to Hitler invading Russia in World War II, which really was the downfall of Hitler and the, and the, the German Reich. That um, they got bogged down with Russian winners. And that, <laughs> it's kind of interesting that in a, in a Russian satellite state, Russia is having the same kind of a problem because of the entrenched nature of the, of the Ukrainians.
3: Well, the um, I'm not so sure exactly with the even with 150,000 troops. And I, I, you know, I can't. You know, actually, you know what the, is 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 really bugging me, Brendan. And you, you know, this this bugs me, and I think it probably bugs you too. But I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You and I are sitting here trying to dig through all the questions and come up with some of. What we think might be the questions. Uh, you and I are, I think, I think too old or too smart or something to try and put ourselves into Putin's mind and say, well, this is what he's doing. I, I must, I listened all day long. I listened for 10 hours to financial TV. Every swinging moron on TV is convinced they know exactly what Putin's thinking. This is what he's going to do. And oh, by the way, this is the investment you should make. And it's like, he, he's going to do this, buy 500 shares. I mean, why, why does somebody who's never met the man, who's never met any of these people, has no idea what the guy's thinking, put themselves out there as like an expert on somebody else? I, 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 mean, you know, I, I, t- I
4: agree with you. You can't do that. I mean, we, you know, no matter how smart I am or how smart I think I am, I can't project how I would act if I were Putin because he could have a completely contrarian uh, thought process than I do with different motives. And he, if, you know, he gets more desperate, or it seems like he's winning. He's going to change his tactics in a way that I can't anticipate. Well, and I think that to, to well, say well, that I'm putting myself in his, and this is what you need to do in response is foolish.
3: Well, I, don't, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Having said all that, uh, what do you think? What do you think they expect it? I mean, and this is just speculation on our part. I mean, they expect to roll through the town like, like. Uh, Germany did in Vienna, and all the people were out there cheering. I mean, did he actually think there was? I think he did. Why? I guess I mean I don't understand. I mean, I don't have I have no read of that side of the world, but the people that I know here from the Ukraine, I don't know that many, but I know Angelika and a few of her friends, and they can't stand the Russians. <laughs> I mean, all, they, all I mean, I mean Luda's not can tell you a chapter and verse about this famine that famine. What what makes them think that they would be? I mean, this is just an amazingly small sample, right? What makes them think that they're going to roll in there and say, hey, great, Putin's here? I mean, is that what they expected? Do they they expect to fight? I I don't even know. I I have no clue to you.
4: Well, I don't know if they expected to be welcomed with open arms and bouquets of flowers, but I do think that Putin figured that because he's Russian, because of his ego as a Russian leader, that he can pretty much do anything he wants and he would not be challenged substantially by the Ukrainian government by the Ukrainian people or by the Western countries. I think he's, uh, uh, you know, from what I understand in in my research, it's not going as well for him because it can't be over quickly. The longer it drags out, it also makes Russia seem weaker. You know, because of all the forces amassed on the border, if he can't just roll over it in a matter of days or hours, then Russia's position and Putin's ego and position really lessen. And I think that makes him more desperate. You asked the question earlier, did, does this make him more desperate or, less, or more likely to reach agreement? And I think it becomes more desperate. because of force, how strong Russia is, how strong of a natural leader he is. And the other way you can pull that off is by uh, by more force, even if to the destruction of the of Ukrainian cities and deaths of Ukrainian citizens.
3: Um, you know, it's... It's interesting. I mean, I guess you and I are both trying to be citizens or, or studies of the uh, of today's world, and I, and it seems to me I, well, I don't really recall you know chapter and verse of the Crimean situation, but it seems to me in this day and age, uh, Brennan, and it almost like you know he, what I'm saying is if you wanted to take over L.A., I'm not so sure anybody wanted to, but if you did, if you could somehow pull it off in a day or two, no matter how. You know, weird it was. I mean, I, I think people, for whatever reason, maybe because the TV keeps shutting you off to the various subjects, um, or the or the internet or whatever, all of a sudden there's a crisis someplace. Days later, you can't even find it, right? I think if you could pull this off really fast, like Crimea, Crimea, everybody's attention just everybody's attention just says, "Well, screw it. They, they got it. We can't do anything about it. We're not going to go over there and fight. And my kids not going to be drafted, and and I don't really want to spend any more money for munitions." So. I guess it's theirs. That's the new reality. Let's let's go on. You know. You know. Uh, I, I think that's unfortunately. I think that somewhat is is the is the world timing mental timing right now. But the flip side of that is if you don't do it quick, if you don't pull it off, and you don't make it a a complete real fast, all of a sudden now people don't even know where Ukraine is are running around demonstrating and and and, and screaming their, their head off. I mean, do you really think Lori Lightfoot cares about anything about Ukraine or, or Danny Davis or, 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 you know, Mike Quigley? I mean, I mean I, maybe they know Ukrainian people or something. I, mean, I guess Pritzker's actually from there, but you know what I'm saying? I'm not, not denigrating those people at all. I'm saying all of a sudden what, if something becomes a cause celeb, then all of a well, sudden you're on the, you're on the total flip side of this, you know, three or four days, it's a fait complete. Let's not worry about it anymore. Now it becomes this. I mean, if, I mean, if you and I have a swig of Russian vodka tonight, we're like mortal sinners, right? I mean, uh-huh. he, he, he didn't. He didn't pull it off fast. He didn't pull it off without sloppiness. Now I think he's got real problems. I, I mean, I, in terms of, uh, although how do you how do you how do you stop payments to Russia, but 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 pull the oil oil and gas payments out of there? How do, how do you even do that? How do you how do you earmark one of those payments that he still gets paid for the gas and oil because they don't want to shut that off? That seems a little tricky, doesn't it?
4: Well. You know, that I think was part of what, um, in, in, you know, I think that there might have been a long-term plan by Putin to um, have Europe dependent upon Russian oil and gas, which I think would, in his mind, meant that the West was less likely to intervene with his stake in, in Ukraine, or Crimea, for that matter. And, um, you know, so far that that may be a good calculation, that if Europe is... Uh, well, of course, now we're going in the springtime <laughs> instead of I was going to say to, he's, he's kind of off on the calendar. Back eh? in October, right before that, yeah. before the cold winter in in Europe, he might have uh, had, had more support from the Western uh, countries to to allow him to do this. But I think, um, yeah, it, it is a miscalculation. I think it's a miscalculation, and it truly solidified Europe and NATO forces against him and against what's happening here. Now, has it has not been? Solidify the support to the point where actual boots on the ground will go in to fight the Ukrainian interests. I don't know about that, but I think that the, the economic sanctions will be rationed down even more uh, if if uh, Russia doesn't pull back.
3: Well, what do you think about uh, everybody winging in like nine bazillion Stinger missiles from everywhere everywhere on Earth that are tank killing missiles? I mean, what, when if if somebody flies them in. Uh, even though you don't have boots on the ground, you're getting pretty close.
4: That's true. Yeah, the, the more supplies that are going in there, somebody's got to bring those supplies in. And you know that the way that, uh, with the situation in Ukraine, that they're not sending Ukrainian logistics guys to uh, to France and Germany to pick up these missiles and, and, and arms and bring them back. They're going to come in from European countries. And those transporters, whether they're military or civilian supporters, are at risk.
3: Yeah, what do you think? I mean, it's, I can see this uh, escalating, but I also don't see. I mean, I, I don't, do these people have any control on this guy whatsoever? Do you think? I mean, I don't, I mean where's Lou and we need him? But it doesn't I, seem like it. Well,
4: so I, I mean, remember he he's gone back and forth between the president and uh, the prime minister of Russia for what thirty years now. Uh, so, yeah, he's he has been in control of Russia in in one office or another for a long period of time and I think he's got his guys there he's got guys who support him even if you I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the news reports over the last couple of days where he's talking with with the, the leaders of his banking institution in Russia and he's at this like it looks like a, a table that's 50 feet long and these five or six guys are at one end of the table and then thirty feet in between them and and Putin is rush is Putin sitting
3: at the head of the table <laughs> well he's uh, he's uh under his watch, and i don't you know i i guess want to make a somewhat of a uh of a a shot, like the original mayor Daley the, the loyalty around mm-hmm. him the people around him all got very rich i mean uh, yeah. and uh and he he really didn't because he was more of a power guy than a, than a money guy. You know, it wasn't like he had, he had a, you know, had a heavy ride by him dinner, but it'd be, you know, it wasn't, he didn't have no kind of money the rest of these guys had. But he, mm-hmm. I just, I mean, he, this guy, they basically, I mean, Lou said it exactly last Tuesday or Thursday, that the the old KGB people, they the were the only people that really knew how, you know, I'll say a, a, a capitalist economy worked, and they became the capitalists, and they got all the dough. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Yeah. Putin, you know, Putin is responsible for uh, these people becoming incredibly rich. That basically had nothing to offer, or in a lot of ways had nothing to offer. But right. now, did you see a picture of the of the yachts that are scurrying to like Mozambique or someplace that don't have treaty? Boy, well, some of those things are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They're, they're bigger than yours. A couple of yeah. those. The uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, these guys
5: even bigger than yours.
3: Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, some of the pictures that these things. How much do these things cost, Brennan? How many people have to just run the damn thing? It looks like it's, like it's a destroyer, it's for it's God's incredible. Sake. And uh Anyway, so those guys, now, they have to be, there, there's some limit to how much they plan on giving all this up. I mean, they may owe a lot of it to him, but I don't know if they if they feel they owe him giving it up to him. I mean, you know, it, what, I, I can't imagine the dynamic behind the scenes there. And at some point, are we going to find out that, you know, Putin has been arrested and in jail and then there's a new guy? I mean, that's what happened to Khrushchev and, well, they allegedly, did you, uh, Ever read how they allegedly killed Stalin?
4: I don't remember that story.
3: I, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, for for anybody who's ever been on blood thinners, the original blood thinner is uh, is what's coumadin, right? Mm-hmm. And, and coumadin essentially yeah. is essentially rat poison. It's, but it's some dose, it, it, where it acts as a terrific blood thinner if somebody has clots or anything like that. So, if you had a family member or you had clots in your legs, I never did, but I know that. But that's, that's the drug of choice, right? Well, if you put in too mm-hmm. much of a dose, I mean, you, you can really screw with somebody internally if they have anything. Well, I think they knew that, that Stalin had some kind of a, a minor leak or an aneurysm in his brain or some crap. So in his vodka, the stuff is tasteless. They poured a whole bunch of the in, And the, the guy's brain blew up when he was sleeping. I think is what really? happened to him, at least that's what I read, but, so he was, he was actually killed even though nobody had the balls to actually just do it, right? Because he, he was, he was, if anything, he was more vicious than Hitler. Uh, they, they were mm-hmm. on par. I think he killed more people, didn't he? I mean, I, I think I, he did. I he, mean, it's. He,
4: he was definitely more ruthless and to, to come to power the way that he did was through ruthless activity and killing a lot of Russians. It was overshadowed by the fact that Hitler got, uh, you know, you hit Hitler's activities in Europe and trying to take over the rest of the world. But a lot of what, what Stalin did was within Russia. Yeah. yeah. He was killing his own people. His power. Well, I mean went across Europe and the rest of the world.
3: Well clearly the Jewish people were German too, so Hitler was killing his own yes. people. But I mean I, I mean I don't think well I make excuses many, but 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 Hitler never like starved a province like like, like mm-hmm. Stalin did. I mean how many people died in Ukraine in the famine? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's been an, an incredible history, of it, and you really wonder how this is going to shake out. And I, if all of a sudden you find out all these guys are bogged down, what's he going to do? I, I don't, I don't know that he has the the ego or the mentality to just say, "Okay, this didn't work out so well. We're coming back, and we're going to sue for peace." I, I don't know. This has an attendance.
4: I don't see him doing. I, I don't see him doing that given the history that he has in power. And uh, you know, just from a face-saving standpoint, I don't think he did. I think Erdogan will become more ruthless. he use the superior military force that he has to overrun Ukraine and kill Zelensky and his government, kill him in Zelensky and the government, and uh, try to save the will of the people to overturn that government.
3: Well, the rest of the world seems to be stiffening. You think they're
4: going to allow that? I don't know because, yeah, I think conceptually they don't want to see Russia do this, but how willing are they to put their own eyes and resources available with other issues that are facing the other countries? You know, whether it's the oil and gas supply in Europe, whether it's Biden facing inflation and other problems here at home with the elections coming up. I don't know how to resolve it, and and I think that's part of Putin's calculation. he can still pull this off in a way, no matter how ruthless he is, because other people and other countries will start returning to their daily problems in their own lives, instead of focusing on Ukraine.
3: Well, that's what we were talking about earlier. I mean, it, reach, it, it can reach a point where it becomes such a thing, it won't leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, right. you know, today's mentality, to me, focuses both ways. 95% of the time, mm-hmm. you just forget about it. You go on, the other 5%, it seems like it'll last forever.
4: I mean, you can have... But, you know, Just go back to what it was like in this country in the late 60s in Vietnam. There was a minor conflict and then it became newsworthy and was in the news every day and finally most of the country turned against Vietnam. Vietnam
3: won. What I'm saying, and even... I probably shouldn't get out on this road, but, you know, we have 90 murders a month here in Chicago and all of a sudden one of them becomes the one everybody focuses on. You forget the other 89. Right. You don't want to be... Mm -hmm. You don't want to be the one. And I think... He's in danger mm-hmm. now of, catch, of being the one. And the Chinese are probably looking all over this thing, wondering, saying, if this is the world's reaction here, maybe we should lay off Taiwan or not
4: lay off. Or, I mean, there, there's
3: you think there's enough moving pieces in this?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, there's another piece that you haven't mentioned yet, and that's the reaction of uh, North Korea with, with their ballistic missiles. And, you know, in the last couple of months, uh, Kim has, has sent off a couple of ballistic missile tests. So what's he going to do in, in the near future when the world is distracted in Ukraine, perhaps with Taiwan, and, you know, leaving him untouched uh, um, uh, and then for a while to most people?
3: And he's like the bad kid on the block. Remember, remember he's not watching him. He pulls some pulls some crap. <laughs> it Yeah. Anyway, well, we'll have you back in a minute. SP futures up 25. I'm sorry, down 25. NASDAQ futures down 85. Come back, Mr. Joel and Conan.
1: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting edge tactics you don't already know.
2: Eight eight one zero, or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona.
3: Welcome back Dr. Jackson. I'm Tamao. She's Eliani on the board. SP futures down 26. SA futures down 87. So we've come back some. Dow futures are down around 200 uh, individual stocks in the Dow causing that. Um, we've got American Express down 250. We've got uh, Home Depot down 283. Home Depot's been getting whacked a bit lately. Uh, we've got a Microsoft down 184. Microsoft gamble down 89 cents. We have Salesforce up 272. The big mover today is Target up 23 dollars, up 11 percent, as they were able to 9 uh, percent more revenue than last year, which is right about where I've got our inflation at 10 percent. So I guess they managed to hang in there, and I'm. I'm guessing that they have been able to raise prices more than the prices went to them. Uh, so I guess that means they were able to maintain their margins, which means they raise prices if you strip away the, the, the nice news there. Over in Europe, we've got the uh, DAX down 409, it's 2.8%. FTSE down 91, 1.2%. CAC around down 183, 27 The DAX, the Germans are the ones that are taking the, the biggest heat on the uh, oil and gas shipments, I believe, because they first they tried to shut off all their coal-fired plants and they turned them back on again, but I think their nukes are, are pretty much toast, so I don't know if they can, They they still are pretty dependent on this Russian natural gas. Over in Asia, we've got Nikkei's actually up 317, that's 1%, Shanghai up 26.8%, Hang Seng up 48.2%. Um, so, two different points of view of the conflict, I guess. Uh, bonds, down 9 basis points to 1 10-year rate, down one, 9 basis points to 1.73, As bonds are screaming up here. Bund uh, down uh, sixteen, back to almost zero again. Actually, they are they're minus point zero one. I, boy, I didn't think we'd see that. Japan uh, is down one basis point to uh, positive point one six. It's uh, amazing moves in the bonds here. Oil up four bucks, one hundred dollars and twenty eight cents. This is West Texas. Rents up five thirty eight to one hundred three thirty five. Natural gas up eleven cents, four fifty one. Arbob up eleven cents, three oh four. We've got gold up twenty three dollars in nineteen twenty four. Silver up thirty five cents to twenty four seventy two. Big moves here. Copper up eight cents, four fifty three, and we've got crypto is up twenty six hundred, back up to forty four thousand. It's it's up thirteen percent. So a huge move in Bitcoin. Crazy stuff here this morning. Well, Yanny, what do you for us? weather, sports.
6: Good morning, chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently, six thirty-seven a.m. on March first. Let's start with sports. In the NBA, Bulls lose to Heat, ninety-nine to one-twelve. And the Suns will be playing later this week, so look forward to that. In college basketball, Arizona plays USC tonight, and UIC will be playing Milwaukee Panthers tonight as well. Weather this morning, partly cloudy, 44 with a high of 46 and a low of 32 in Chicago. And in Phoenix, sunny, 50 with a high of 85 and a low of 50 degrees. So they're sitting nice and pretty. Traffic this morning, Eastbound on 290 between Highway 45 and Cicero. There's an accident on 294 at County Line Road, so expect some traffic later this morning. More traffic eastbound on I ninety between Lee and Lawrence, traffic eastbound on ninety four between West Division and South Union. Intermittent traffic westbound on ninety four between one hundred and thirtieth and Marquette, and then that picks up again between thirty fifth and Ontario. And traffic northbound on fifty five between Route one seventy one and Kedzie. That's all I have for you, Chief.
2: So
3: uh eighty five degrees, but if you're out there you're gonna be sitting in a spring training facility watching grass grow. Boom. <laughs> with no teams. Do we have Joel? Joel, how are you, buddy?
0: I'm doing okay Chief how you
3: doing? I'm doing all right are you are you uh you got your your bet phone to Putin and uh figuring out what's going on in the world and are you getting your yacht uh, to a safe place before it's confiscated Chief
0: i I have to ask you a question. I mean, in all the years of observing the markets and uh, different circumstances, different financial crisis, the tech bubble, did you ever think that this is the way the market would be reacting. I mean, and I'm not talking about crude and gold and Bitcoin. That's not a a big surprise. But, I mean, to me, this market is just holding up incredibly well. And I, I don't get... I mean, yeah, it's off the highs. Everyone looks at the situation. But, I mean, would you ever... Like, if you had took a test, when you went down to be on a floor at The border trade, or whatever, or the options exchange, and they said, "Okay, this is a scenario. What would happen to the market? Would this would this have been what you think happened?"
3: Um, no. Uh, except if you were to look at the history of the last five years, make that twelve years, and you look at the Fed's involvement, it's almost at a point. Joel, I don't, I don't care if if an asteroid's coming in New York, they're going to pile enough money into the system to where the market goes up. And I, I think this what's counteracting the whole fiasco in Ukraine and all the danger there and all the stuff, what's counteracting it is the the guys in the know are thinking that the Fed's gonna back off on any sort of rate increase and you look at what's happening to these bonds are screaming in this ten year rate, we're back negative in Europe. You know, so the I, I think that it, it's continual, these guys are are buying up a bunch of paper and inflation I one thing I've I've never I, I would say I'll change your question a little bit. You you would never get me to believe that there would be 10% inflation and the the rate on a bank savings would be half of 1% of that. I don't see how the hell the population ever allows themselves to basically be denutted of 10% of their wealth every year now, which is essentially what's happening. And nobody seems to get it. You and I do because we're old, I guess. But does anybody have any idea that if you have a million dollars in the bank and this is on for three years, you're going to have 700,000? I mean, it
0: chief. But okay, you're you're going to economics, and, and that's fine, and you're you're explaining the price action. But my bigger question, I mean, to me, is the Fed can't do anything about Putin. Okay, no. the Fed can't do anything about the global situation. Nothing. Powell can't do that. I agree with that. So. I, I don't, you know, and I know the scenario now for the inflation, and you know that that scenario. But I, I almost think that that's, you know, to focus on that, I, and obviously the street is fixated on it. I mean, that's putting a that's putting a bandaid on a gas. Oh, here, I'm, I'm,
3: well, I mean, it's no you solution. The, you, you, I, I, if I if I screwed up and and, and sounded like it was a solution or right? anything. It's not. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, when you when you drop the value of your currency, all you're doing, I mean, if you pour $5 billion in the currency, you're not getting it. I'm not getting it. At the end of the day, it's on somebody's mutual fund desk, and it's going into the market. Where else is it going to go? I mean, it has nothing to do with the Ukrainian situation. So obviously, when you do this, when you have all these sanctions against Russia and the ruble drops, you have to be very careful that, that one of these Russians banks doesn't have some huge loan arrangement with one of ours. And, and, cause uh, do you think these guys know what the potential contagion is? I think they don't. Even though it's their job to know. So, so their, 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 uh, solution is to just pour enough money into the system, or whatever it is, it gets salved over, basically. That's, that's, that's been their solution to everything for 12 years. So why isn't it, why isn't it? Yeah. I mean it is, I mean, right or wrong, it has been. It's that's been their solution. Make sure these banks have enough dough that if something bad happens, they still they're still standing. And I think they're doing the same thing now. And they and I'm not so I'm not so against them doing it now. It's just after what they've done the last twelve years, it's such a pile aren't You know what I'm saying? It's it's like we don't yeah, want Chief,
0: I, I just like I, 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 I understand, I agree with everything that you're saying. I just I just look at this, you know, from Like, it's like, it, it, you know, like I'm sick to my stomach. Me too. You know, that, you know, and and it's hard, you know, as much as you love to short the market and do things like that, um, you know, it it just, it's, it's different circumstances. And the thing that bothers me is, you know, two years ago, you know, we were dealing with COVID, right? And as bad as that situation got, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be a year. Right. But, but I, I knew eventually that, 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 science, that herd immunity, that, you know, something was like, there was going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. I, I, and I felt that. As bad as I felt in the discussions we had and the base that I had with people, I thought, yeah, you know, and then also with my wife's background being a physician, she was like, it's bad. It's going to be bad. It's not a two, three, six month thing. But right now, you know, with a forty-mile convoy heading into the Ukraine, okay, and supposedly, you know, Putin, uh, you know, hopefully he's buffing about nuclear missiles. I don't see a six-month, year, two years. So I don't know what the solution is, and I can't. And the thing that bothers me is that I can't even, I can't even come up with a scenario here that 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 would be good for the markets. But with two hundred and. You know where we were at two seventy, we're two hundred and thirty points off that low from last Thursday. Yep. I mean, you know, i you thinking that this is like, you know, the old bottom, you know, and this is probably the most outrageous thing I've ever said on the history of your show. But is that is that forty one hundred low going to be like the twenty two hundred low in COVID? And the market freaking doubles from here?
7: I
3: don't see how. I, I Joel, I don't see how the. And you're not one of them, this, this, I use the term the stooges on TV. How can anybody, this thing is just starting. We're not, unfortunately, I mean, nobody knows, now all of a sudden he, he, he's not rolling through these cities, right, easily. Does that mean they're gonna, they're gonna blow the hell out of these cities, they're gonna do like cluster bombing? I mean, what, what is the next step? This, this is, this is barely starting and people already have the lows in, they've got it all figured out. How do they? How do, how do they have it all figured out? I, I'm sitting here like you. I'm not even be- bewildered. I'm totally scared. I think this man is deranged, and I and I think that the guys around him now, when all their stuff's being confiscated, how are they going to react? I mean, this this is this is about to get. What did the guys say in the Hunt for red October? The, the the shit's getting out of hand, and somebody's liable to get killed. Is that what Governor Senator Thompson said in the movie? I mean the
0: only thing you know, the only thing that's you know, and you know, being Jewish and everything, you know, you you know, you look at it from you know from a historical standpoint, and you know, right now it's not in our you know it's not in our borders, right? It's not you know we're, it's different in the Caucasian. I mean, and I got a hop, but like I don't even want to bring in the you know the China Taiwan you know potential situation there, so. You know, I'll, I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible, folks. I'm sorry if I, uh, you know, it doesn't come across that way. But you know, just I just try and look at things in you know a balanced approach. And Joel, right I, now, I just, you know, I want to be bullish the market, and the market is trying to tell me to be bullish. But holy macro, I just I'm with uh, you, Joel. You can't. What the road going to look like in this, at some point here?
3: We can't separate what's actually going to happen from the market. The market, you know, I don't know, and, and some exactly. people think that's a great
0: way to put it. All right, chief. All right, I take care, buddy. To talk to you next week. We, we got to beat Michigan State tonight.
3: Oh god, you guys get. We'll have to talk Michigan next week because we get. I mean, we went through the whole fight thing with you. We got to talk about that next week.
0: We never time we? I think we did a little I think bit. We did that a little bit. All
3: yeah, right, yeah, but
0: yeah. like you just said, you know, you guys from south side of Chicago, you know, they don't like being touched.
3: Oh god. So,
6: <laughs> we'll leave it at that. All, right, All right. talk to you
3: next week. Okay. Bye-bye. you're uh, bringing Brendan right back in. You want to go break?
6: Brendan is just about to call, and give me just one second here. I'm going All to put him on the line.
3: Uh, just, I'll give some of these numbers again. The uh, SP futures down thirty-two, and NASDAQ futures down one hundred and seven. Again, we were down that much yesterday. It came flying back on the close. We actually were up on the Nasdaq futures, but I would say we were we were down like two fifty in the morning. And then we were up one hundred. Then we were down one seventy. And we flew back to where we were up like maybe 40 on the close. Th- this is not normal. This is, this is the fabric of the market is there's not much in the way of standing orders. There's or some piece of news coming from some place and then all of a sudden a thing flies and there's nobody in the way. I mean, it's, it's really something. If you're, if you're in a position where you, you have something where you're, you're, you're buying, uh, you know, if you have protection and you can buy when it goes down and sell when it goes up without just doing it naked, I mean, it's a, It's been a banner week for you. Um, i starting to see some movement in these gold things, but here's one that I, there's a lot of this out there, and again, this is not any kind of a of a trading type of thing to do, but GLD is the ETF for gold, okay? it's uh, So they allegedly, well, allegedly, I I believe they do, uh, because I do a lot of trading in it from people. Boy, I'd be sort of pissed off they didn't. They essentially have gold behind the GDX. It's not a futures ETF like some of the oil stuff and some of the other ones. They actually have, for every, uh, GDX, they actually have gold in a vault someplace. At least that's, not GDX, GLD. Uh, the, so that's the ETF for, uh, gold, and it's trading 179.28. Mm-hmm.
6: The gold Wait, Chief, by the way, uh, we have Brendan back on okay. the
3: Okay. Uh, Brendan, I'm just doing a real quick, uh, explanation of this, uh, gold versus gold miners thing, and I want to talk to you a little bit more about this, uh, this inflation stuff. Uh, which I talk about all the time because it is the gorilla in a room in my mind, and with g l d the last time it was like a one seventy nine which is pretty high, which means because gold's over nineteen hundred this morning the g d x was was pushing like forty two and now it's thirty four so somehow brendan um either people think that this is uh either um a lot of the gold miners have hedged themselves out of ways, which is very possible that's always it was always tricky trading. Before there was a gold miners index, you traded, when I was on the floor, you traded Barrack Gold or you traded someplace like that. But it was always kind of difficult to figure out how much when gold ran up or down, how much the company had already uh, hedged. So if if your gold runs up, but you've already sold all your, your futures against your future production, it doesn't really help you out much. So it's interesting. Either the market feels or people feel that these guys have all hedged and they, they shouldn't run up that much. Or, they're gonna, they, the, the, uh, gold price going up is a, a short-term phenomenon or whatever, but clearly, uh, I mean, I'm staying long the GDX because I, I think that's, that gap's gonna fill a little bit. Now maybe the gap will fill by gold going down, it's possible. But, it's a relationship that's a little weird. Um, silver, again, keeps running up to this 23 number, can't seem to go through it. Uh, cause everybody, once it gets to a spot like that, it's, you know, it's a, uh, it's a sell, but, um Brandon, what do, you, what do you make of the fact that, I mean, it, all the Ukraine stuff aside, what do you make of the fact that, that uh, the, you know, you and I talked, God, when you first came on the show, I'd, I'd, I'd give kind of the smart-ass remark that one of the things that the government wants to do is they want to inflate the economy because you want to give people money back five years from now that's worth a lot less than the money in the first place when you borrowed it from them. And, I, you know, it seems like such a trite thing God, is it, is it coming home to Papa here or what? I mean, this year, I'm not talking about the 30 year because people can tell me inflation is going back down and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> they could very well be right, Brendan, but, or the 10 year or the five year. But I think you and I and everybody listening knows that this year, inflation is at least 10%. You know, you might argue mm-hmm. with me that it's nine, or I could argue with you that it's 12, but it's, it's in there somewhere, right? Explain to me why anybody would lend money to somebody for a year and get 0.5 percent back. How the hell does the market put up with that?
4: Um, well, you know, I think, as you know, it's very layered and complex, and you know the levers move in a way that if you change one thing, it it can have an effect that's unexpected and unintended. Um, the basic premise of lending money on a short-term basis means you're going to lose money. You're effectively not only lending, but you're giving a portion of that to your borrower, and that's not sustainable for a long period of time. I agree with you completely, and that's it does seem like we're there now when you look at, um, you know, not all of the inflationary levels have have been put in place. For example, I mean, the, the simplest one is, you know, you think about you put money in the bank right now, and with everything costing more, you're not going to return on your investment if you put it in a savings account. Um, it, it, it a very simplistic idea, but you're right. You're actually losing money by uh, by not spending and buying things right now.
3: Well, I mean, I, one of the simplest identities or, or, or formulas in all of economics is your interest rate, your nominal interest rate, is supposed to be equal to the real rate of interest is what, you know, you actually charge somebody for using your money, okay? And the other is, what do you expect the money you give the person or lend them to be worth a year from now? And if it's going to be worth 10% mm-hmm. less, you want the 10% plus something for loaning them the dough. So say two or three, right. you want 13. And right now you're getting buckets. And I, I don't see how you can mm-hmm. have an entire economic system you know, with the cornerstone of it, is a horrible trade. When I mean, why, why does the mm-hmm. government get to drain? And I, I don't, we have an awful lot of smart people that are on these, these national TVs. How, how does it not, why doesn't everybody realize that the government, I mean, literally, I mean, I'm going to say, uh Brendan's got a million bucks. Now, where you have it? If it's a bank, I don't know where the hell you got it. None of my business. Uh I'm like the duck, duck, go. It's none of my business. But if you have it in the bank, I, I I know that you know that if this thing stays like this for five years, at the end of five years, your million dollars is worth five hundred thousand. Why, mm-hmm. why why is why is the rest of society putting up with that?
4: <clears throat> I don't have a good answer as to why they're putting up with that. I think part of it is that the belief that everything is transitory that it will somehow turn around and work in our benefit. I also think that. You know, when we're looking at um, at either the talking heads on on TV or in a government, that we're all looking for simple answers. We're all looking for something that says this is the definitive answer, and this is both short term and long term. And so many other things impact that, that that's not true. But when we're not willing to uh, have either patience or a better understanding and see what the long term and short term consequences are. Um, which further complicates it. In, in other words, um, you know, it, we can't solve next year's problem today in, in the economic world. Um, it, and it also means that when we're listening to the government entities and we're listening to the, the pundits on TV, um, we're not thoroughly examining it because you're not enough time to comprehend and examine all the different factors and what moving up or down has with the rest of the economic uh, discussion
3: well I, you, you wonder between you know, and, I, and you and I could probably have a, we have some, some contributors that the show that uh, are, you know and I have people that I care about that are all into this you know, this this part of the media you can listen to and this part you can't and this other, all this other mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know about that but i mean I, I do think that somehow or another the idea that your twenty four hour news shows aren't exactly news i mean they're 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 constant mm-hmm. they're pushing one way or the other even the the financial shows i don't think that not that I would want to no i don't think they would ever invite me on c n b c to say what I just said about how you're getting screwed for ten percent of your money somehow i I agree somehow or another between the The, the, the government having a piece of it. You want to get, you know, Jerome Powell on there as an interview. Somehow you want the city group people. You don't want, you know, this information somehow or another in this, in this great world where everybody thinks they can get every piece of information in two seconds called the internet. I think we're almost, we're, we're almost more filtered than we ever were. That I don't think anybody gets to put, uh, you know, a rational, I'll say a column in a newspaper that says, you know, I mean, Milton Friedman would never be able to publish today in the Tribune or whatever. And say, look, you guys are doing this all wrong. Look what's happening. This is what this is the, this is the effect on people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that to me is is very dangerous and it's it's not left or right, it's whatever. It seems like the control is while people are arguing whether it's the left or the right, the control is like almost in the middle. These things you can't talk about. Yeah. Well, yeah, the was- other
4: thing is, uh, I would love as, as a whole society to listen to the nuance and listen to other arguments. So, you know, I think about brainstorming sessions. Um, you know, for example, what's discussed in uh, within the Fed meetings? What are the, the Board of Governors really talking about? Who has contrarian view? And if a contrarian view is expressed, uh, does that become front-page news as far as you know, challenging or argumentative, or is it just for the purpose of discussion, you know, playing the devil's advocate, playing things out? And I think that there's a reluctance or, or more like a gotcha that, that you seek in the a, a media right now, of all levels, left-right center, that you can't even uh, anticipate or can't even open the door for an opposing view, even for purposes of discussion.
3: Well, what do you, uh, as my counselor, we only have a couple minutes, because you know, I, uh, I value your opinion very much. I, me personally, uh, when I was, you know, just a, a young guy in school learning all this stuff, I was pretty fascinated by it. And in and in other jobs, you know, before I became a trader, I just was interested in it, you know, and kept studying it and all kinds of things. But now that I've become a trader and I've getting old and grumpy, uh, Every single one of these I, I don't view it as a as a as a Ivory Tower or University of Chicago guy anymore. Not that I ever was an Ivory Tower guy, but I don't view it at that. Every single one of these moves, Brendan, there's huge winners and losers. And uh-huh. and it's and it's it, it, more so than I think about this more than you do. Every time one of these guys something does something like this, there's a winner and a loser. And the losers always seem to be the same people and the winners always seem to be the same people. And I'm really getting, I'm getting amazingly tired of it. I mean, we almost have our own Putins here, but they act the same way when it comes to money, but not as crazy, you know. I, uh, so I'm, I, now we have these, these external crises in the middle and on top of really an internal crisis that we're sort of not ready for. Uh-huh. I mean, we're broke. What do you, what do you, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm really afraid of an irrational Putin. I mean, if all of a sudden everything's going wrong for him, I don't know. If his people don't get him the hell out of there, I, Everybody worried, everybody worried about Trump being irrational in the, in the White House this guy's
4: worse I agree yeah, I, I agree completely and, I, and from what I've read over the last 20 years he has gotten rid of any opposition forces, and by opposition I mean those who have contrarian views uh, and don't support Putin's views on the world and on the Russian economy and that's dangerous, when you, when everybody in your orbit, everybody in a governmental orbit is a yes person and tries to couch the answers in what's going to please the leader, that is a very dangerous situation <clears throat> um, because you need some opposition research, you need some opposition views to know if, if just, just because I say it so has to means it has to be so without looking for something that I might have missed in my analysis or so I don't want to revoke my analysis. And I think that breeds more desperation, and I think that's the point that we're at right like, now with Russia, in Putin, in Ukraine, and perhaps other parts of the world, in the main Russian Soviet orbit.
3: Well, Brendan, this is Chicago. This is the same guy that you stick with because he got you the yacht. Might not be the same guy you stick with if you got your yacht confiscated. That's right. <laughs> Those guys—they're like Chicago on steroids over there. That's why. Look, at the- Brandon, Thank you very much, buddy. SP Futures down thirty-three. Nasdaq Futures down one fourteen. Be right back, Mr. Jeff Joseph.
2: stocks one dollar for equity options and one dollar minimum of trade
0: our clients at pti pro direct can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general we trade every day we love this stuff
2: that's what i like most about pti pro direct cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders it's the best of both worlds
0: tell your friends that's
8: ptiprodirect.com ptiprodirect.com are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain
1: Jocks.
2: And jocks, stocks
1: and jocks you are out
3: of control
4: here, right now, right here right now, right now there's something well, welcome back to Stax and
3: jacks. I'm Tom Owens. Eliani on the board SP futures down 37 now NASDAQ is down 126 so we're leaking a little bit more uh, Jeff, you with us?
7: Good
3: morning, Chief. How are you? I'm doing all right. I, uh, th- this song we're listening to, uh, well, the way the world is, it never gets old, does it? Uh, it <laughs>
7: never does. It's, it's timeless.
3: <laughs> Last week we were at the, the gentleman, oh, I forgot his name, the guy who wrote uh, Whiter Shade of Pale from Proker Harem. Uh, that doesn't get old either. I'd, I'd say this one's causing a whiter shade of pale for most people. Yeah. Can you figure out, I mean... Uh, are you going to have like a a four chapter magazine this month? Because for God's sake, there's so much stuff to talk about. How do you pick a topic?
7: Well, we we were we're already uh, working on our topic. We're uh, so we're what we're focused on for the next issue after the one that goes to print this week will be about energy in general, so where we are as a result of it. You know, geo, geopolitical policies, the impact it, it may have had have on geopol. Uh, on geopolitics as well and and just what what the realities are about energy consumption and production, alternative forms of energy what's viable what happened in nuclear what about natural gas what about green you know that's that's going to be the entire focus of of the next issue. obviously, the conflict is going to move too fast in real time um, you know digital reporting and on air reporting, which I must admit by the way i it's really nice to see uh journalists be journalists again, you know CNN and Fox have uh, both have uh people on the ground there that are doing a really good job of uh you know bringing that news back to American citizens so uh, nice to see that kind of reporting a little less opinion and a little bit more facts, although I guess uh opinion's been seeping through some of that reporting. I saw a story early this morning about a an NBC correspondent that was watching the convoy, the two-mile-long convoy roll in from Russia, you know, through the parts of the Ukraine right now, and just openly uh, asking on air, "Why isn't the U.S. just attacking that convoy right now?" Which, which, <laughs> which yeah. kind of negates the statement I just made. But in general, I've seen some really responsible uh, journalism.
3: Well, uh, how many? How many? How many? Reasons can you list? Nobody wants their kids being drafted. Nobody wants to spend the money for more planes and stuff. And yeah. how, where, where are you going to go? Plus, I don't, you know. Yeah,
7: listen, it's, it's a, it's a fair question, but it's yeah. an editorial question, not an yeah. objective uh, reporting question. You know, it's, it's someone that someone can ask. And I, I agree with you about that list of answers, but uh, that's just not what a reporter is supposed to be doing.
3: No, I, uh, I just, it's, uh, it is an odd world we live in. I, I guess, um, haven't, who's been able to uh, keep the communication line, lines open? Are we doing it by satellite or something?
7: Well, um, th- I think the most important thing, and you know, uh, uh, kind of an unlikely hero out of this event, uh, Elon Musk falls in that category when Russia shut down Internet access for Ukrainians. Uh, his satellite system put it back up. So there is, and it's one of, it could be ultimately one of the reasons, well, I, I wouldn't call a fail, I, I, you know, if, we, if I had to bet, unfortunately, I think the Russian forces prevail, uh, despite, you know, the the great efforts of the Ukrainian citizens, they're just going, going to be overpowered in the long run, and even, uh, or in the even short run. American and European yeah. aid in the form of weapons, if they can't get there, they're not going to serve much of a good but um you know the to the extent that this is not going to end this he you know putin may win this uh battle but he's going to lose this war i mean I, you know we have afghanistan and other things to look to over the long 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 term ukrainians uh, aren't likely to forget this and he's going to be dealing with an insurgency for in perpetuity and this is likely this is likely going to be his His tombstone in many 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 ways, Uh, but but uh, the the reason for that is that uh, countries can no longer control that internet access, and when you have a public that's going to continue to have information like the Ukrainian citizens, as a result of a a third party that's able to get satellites back up that allows for internet access, that makes a huge huge difference. there's a lot to be said about what happened there, and that it's a new story. Uh, Starlink is is the name of that um, that w- me- that web that meshwork of satellites that uh, Musk has, uh, you know, over the globe that can provide internet access, and he was able to get it up over Ukraine, and I think it's going to make a big, big difference.
3: All right, I have two questions, oh, actually a bunch, but I'll start with two. What what do you think? Again, I, I was just going after people, put them, trying to think that they can put themselves in Putin's head, but I'm going to ask you, what do you think he thought was going to happen? Everybody was going to just let everybody roll in and cheer these people, or what? Ukraine. Well, I mean,
7: that America? also remains to be seen. There's been some reporting um, that suggests that, and you know, you take this with a grain of salt, right, but that suggests that Putin is, uh, is not in the same mental state that that he's expected to be some some inside inside reports are suggesting that you know he's he's not of same not sane but same mind uh and and that perhaps he's you know making miscalculations or misjudgments but but you know they've had to work he's <laughs> had to answer risk of at the risk of taking on uh everything that these kind of statements uh you know uh End up uh, generating in a, such a partisan world. He's no idiot. There's nothing stupid about Putin, and you know his his military career, his rise to power, his two decades as a as a leader, his his recent wins in Chechnya and and Crimea. There's nothing there that suggests he's a stupid man. I, I know that becomes fodder for partisans right now to say, "Oh, you're supporting Russians." To the contrary, you know he's a thug and he's a criminal, and I hope this. I hope he goes down. From, Goes down as a result of this, but he's not stupid, so so he's clearly war-gamed all this and knows that all of this is going to happen. Obviously, you know, I think there's a strong case to be made that that he doesn't expect much of a reaction from the U.S. and he probably called that called that right. But at the same time, you're seeing, uh, you, and, and he might be overestimating the the strength of his hand when it comes to. Uh, Germany and the fifty percent of the oil reserves and energy reserves that he, he provides that country, and, and overall European dependence on on Russian oil, but he had to know that this was going to uh, generate the kind of uh, ill will that it, it has globally. So, short answer: I have no idea. I, I can't imagine that uh, he thought this would be a cakewalk.
3: What, uh, what, do, you, what do you make of my, my just? I just lobbed it out there. It's not like my theory or anything, but I mentioned it to Brent, then I'll mention it to you again, because you get magazine and everything going, that in this, this world we're in where you can have 90 murders in a week and everybody forgets about 89 of them, but one of them somehow catches fire. Uh And he basically took over to the Crimea very quickly. There was a little bit of basically bitching and moaning for a couple of weeks or maybe a month, and then it dropped out of everybody's Ah, oh, yeah. Well, the guy needed a warm, warm weather port, and blah blah blah. And all of a sudden, it got behind people, and, and uh, I mean, I bet ninety five percent of the population won't even remember it. I mean, you either get that response in today's world, but if you somehow there's like a there's like a time a teeter totter and a time thing here. If you don't do it in like a week or two, where everybody forgets it, it becomes a month, and you get to the point where everybody starts rallying. All of a sudden, it takes on, uh, uh, you know, now everybody everybody's concerned about Ukraine. They never even knew where Ukraine was. I'm I'm not Mm -hmm. criticizing people. I'm just, I'm just saying all of a sudden now you've got politicians here that they woke up and are out leading rallies again, you know, for Ukraine. Do you think Danny Davis even knew where Ukraine was? I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about him, but I mean, this has become a cause celeb now. That it's it's almost like the flip side. If you do something quick and make people forget it right away, you can literally get away with murder. But if all of a sudden you don't and it starts getting out there and everybody jumps on the bandwagon all of a sudden now he, he, he's he got he's got a firestorm that i don't think he ever expected to have i you know i have I'm not in his mind but i thought he i think he thought this was going to be a a two-week deal and uh, and it would be just like the crimea who, who cares about these people
7: yeah have it baffles his mind as to his miscalculation considering considering his past but um but you know that just where we are. I, I also want to bemoan the fact that, um, you know, that people are, and you're not, and that, that people are, you know, expressing sympathy and aware for of, of Ukraine right now, even though they had no knowledge of it in the past. So much of us fall under that uh, scenario. We've been following Ukraine mostly because of uh, Lukashenko and some of the things going on in that region. Actually, political prediction markets, which you and I have talked about many times uh, in the past. Have those markets in play, and so there's actually legal investing and wagering opportunities associated to the politics of that region, not the war outcome you know i 'm not suggesting that people are betting on uh, you know the war outcome that's uh, that's a kind of a different thing but so these have been on on our radar for some time uh, from the political standpoint and even from the energy standpoint you know i I, I think uh, the other thing that Putin was clear about and and one thing I wouldn't put past him is he's aware of the optics of the state of the union address too and I wouldn't be surprised if uh if uh this evening that you're gonna might see a major attack going on right during that i think he's uh he's so politically aware that um i, I just I just want to put that past them. Well, I mean, I mean, a... the, the Biden administration is really aware of the optics of the State of the Union address, too. You notice how they kind of miraculously, by fiat, you know, just kind of eliminated the masks. Uh, that was Pelosi's yeah. rule; it was in place. It was all the way up to yesterday. They quietly took that out. You know, there were going to be only twenty-five reps in the hall, in the rotunda, for the address reps from both parties, and all required to wear masks. And clearly, they know the optics of that. In a state of the union address, you can't stand up there and say, "I beat COVID," and have a bunch of people sitting there wearing masks. Well, the rest of the country isn't so.
3: Well, yeah, I, I'm I have a, more of a. Is uh, you? you know, I think you're somewhat of a of a student of not not just warfare. I mean, I'm not anxious to see people get killed, but how they, the the rules of warfare always seem to be getting be written by the people that are winners <laughs> rather than the losers uh, these satellite things you're talking about now if if Russia is going in and trying to take out communication centers on the ground I'm not saying they should matter of fact I wish they'd go home uh are the satellites fair game they can get those if they want yeah why why, it is. why, why would they leave a satellite up there well
7: i I can't imagine they would um you know so that that's another question in fact the the atlantic i I think for the the best look at this issue right now, the Atlantic just put out a great piece um a couple days ago saying that the U- the Ukraine war is testing the myths of Elon Musk and it's speaking to you know how much the satellites are really going to help in Ukraine. So, I, you know, if you want to look deeper into that story, I think the Atlantic's coverage on that has been... Well, he's
3: not. There were satellites over over Ukraine long before Elon Musk showed up.
7: Of course. Of course. But they weren't meshed to provide Internet service in the same way that the, the Starlink system, uh, which is a, a product of SpaceX. Well, what is...
3: Uh, I don't think they have them over to Ukraine, but what about Hughes? HughesNet. I mean, Hughes has been here forever, right? You can do Internet through yeah. Hughes?
7: Yeah. I don't know.
3: They always talk about in the rural areas, you can, I don't know how much you can upload, but, I mean, what's, the, what was, uh, Tom Clancy's book? Was it the, I don't know, was it Hunt for Red October or one of them that, uh, uh, Red Storm Rising, where we took out all all the Russian satellites so they couldn't communicate. That was 30 years ago, the guy wrote the book. I think, I think right. like an F-15 okay. or an F-16 can take out a satellite. Yeah. You get up pretty high and you let the, you let the, let the thing go. I think you can find it. I'm not, you know, I'm no, I'm, that's more of a Luke question, but, I think it's, I think satellites are pretty vulnerable. I think from a, from a fighter
7: jet, very much so, and and they don't exist for the purpose of uh, you know beaving down the net solely. I mean that's, that's not yeah. the primary purpose. So there are some limitations, but it was a uh, it's an interesting move. that speaks to the future and and how uh, you know international and global conflicts can be can be uh, impacted by, you know, third parties and, and, and private industry. You
3: know. Well, Jeff, I hope that when this, you know, one of these days it'll be over, hopefully it'll be over quickly and without, uh, I, I'd love to come wake up tomorrow morning and find out that the the people whose uh, yachts are all been stolen, uh, you know, basically toss Putin out and, and say, uh, we got a new leader and everybody backs up. I mean, it's, that would be my pie in the sky. Sort of a solution. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not that naive, but, uh, I, I hope we get some kind of a realization in this country that you can't beat yourself up to the point where you, you're, you're in such, such massive in debt you can't even get out of your own, your own way. And you've got a government that's, uh, what are we up to now? We're, 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 uh, borrowing or we're, or we're printing 40% of the, of the, or more of the, uh, the spend, expenditures that the federal government. I mean, it, you, you, you can't you can't go into war. You can't go into anything like that. And we have to understand it that, that our, our most of our problems are self inflicted. And, and then because when, when somebody else has a problem on top of it, you know, it's like you know you and your wife throwing stuff at each other, and finally, you, and you got a burglar comes at the door. What do you do? <laughs> you're you're already beat up by throwing stuff at each other. I mean, now you can't handle a burglar. I mean, it, this is just common sense, isn't it? I mean, you got to have your own house in order.
7: Well, narrowly that. Um I mean of course that's gen- generally true, and then narrowly that question's going to be closely applied to u uh, s energy policy and, and global energy policy. I think in recent days, you've seen Germany, which is you know clearly among the industrialized uh, nations as uh, the greenest in the world, yet uh they're they're practical and realists and said you know like in, in light of our dependence on Russia for oil, we're going to start you know seeking alternative fossil fuel. Uh, Sources and, 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 you know, change some of their own policies that made them so, so dependent on on Russia. So, you know, to the extent to which a rational energy policy is in place that allows for the longer-term conversion away from fossil fuels into alternative energy sources that don't create, you know, geopolitical uh, dependencies and create risk for us is probably a more astute policy, but, you know, it's just not the way our, our well, leaders you lead.
3: Can't, this right? whole
7: idea they that... Get, uh, they get a fraction of control in the House or Senate, and they want to change the world. And,
3: you know. Well, you get, you get some kind of, you know, wacko idea. And I'm, I'm not saying wacko, because I like the fact that there's way less pollution in Chicago than there was when I grew up. I mean, it's not even close. That's and true. Uh, That's right. I mean, uh, but the... You know, I, I read, well, two things. One is this economic, this thing that the United Nations came out with, uh, by, you know, we're choking ourselves. Well, who's the we? I mean, you got a mouse in your pocket. Um, but then a few months ago, Jeff, and I never talked about this with you because you probably have way more insight than I do. I was talking about how the, the population in the U.S. like last year grew by like, you know, 50 people. I mean, not very many. I mean, it's, 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 it was a it was the year we almost were like even or something. Weren't we for like first time ever? But the worldwide population grew by like 30 or 40 million people. I mean, it's it's dramatically increasing, and, and you can say what you want about your 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 neighbor running gasoline in his lawnmower and try and vilify the guy, but you got to have some really serious plan to 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 try and stop thirty million new people from having any kind of energy. And oh, by the way, it's all going to be from the sun when it's not going to be from the sun. Um, you know, we need to have some sort of a a serious plan to that. We're, we're not going to get rid of fossil fuel right away, so we'll get that off the table, especially in these areas. So, so what if if we knock off one coal plant in Chicago, it it helps dramatically if you live in Chinatown where the, where, the whole, where the coal plant was. Well, there's 15 more one up in one up in uh, in India in the same time it took to take this one down. I mean, Il- Illinois, we're we can't wait to knock them down yet. We're we're exporting more Illinois coal than what we ever have, right? No, oh, no, I call it the dirtiest on Earth. I mean, we, there's, there's so much stuff happening here, and, and the way it, way it goes down, I don't think you stop uh, global warming by giving Tesla millions of dollars a month that, they have to, that other people have to buy from them. I mean, that's insanity to me. I mean, it, what do you think about that? I mean, it, the, the, it, it's, it, it's just another way for the people who've got the right lobbyists to get paid. You know, if we really cared about global warming, we'd find a way to get Zion working again, wouldn't we?
7: Yeah, yeah, good point. And you're right about the U.S. population growth. So last year in 2021 was the lowest it's been since uh, 1931. It was the first year ever that, uh, since that period, uh, well, no, it was the first year ever that we didn't have uh, U.S. population growth of 1 million. Uh, of course, that doesn't take into account, you know, Border mass, so and that's a whole different subject that I, I won't get into from that but but that so that first premise is is really true and then the, the second premise premise questions the very you know the very value of um, uh, of our lobbying structure and and how certain companies get money there's been no equity in the in in the dole that uh, Tesla has received relative to the American automakers. Uh, in pursuing electric uh, vehicles, it's just been completely off off askew. But that's being reconciled a little bit. You know, and it's funny. Someone brought to my attention uh, over at Luckbox as a, a story idea for our magazine um, that there is now a ETF fund that's based on lobbying lobbying efforts. So it's it's a fund that concentrates the largest uh, its holdings represent the. Uh, those publicly traded firms that have the largest lobbying, uh, infrastructure and, and funds in Washington.
3: Well that, isn't it amazing to you? You know what? You can help me here because I'm going
7: yeah.
3: to, I shouldn't bring up a subject but I don't know the answer but I'm going to here because I suspect you do. I'm going to go back 20 years, maybe 15 or 20, and I'm going to say the, the single, the, the biggest lobbyist in Washington which is crazy because they were somewhat o- owned by the government, were Fannie and Freddie. Am I correct there?
7: You know, I, do, I don't know that. I, do, I don't know if that's the case. I, I I wouldn't be surprised just because of their structure and being...
3: Well, then, it, know, was, then it was... Uh,
7: for almost long- close to NGOs in their own way. Was, you know, yeah,
3: well, for, them, for a long time it was uh, right up there where you're uh, the military industrial establishment. And then it became... Uh, Pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies, pharmaceutical companies. companies. and uh, lately, isn't it like the the big? Uh, isn't it like uh, Google in it's those days? It's place, big tech now. Uh, that's big tech. Amazon maybe.
7: and Google and uh, you know Am- Amazon and Google actually have uh, the, and we've we've covered this in the past. The Amazon lobby now is greater than the healthcare lobby. Uh, so just the Amazon, one company, is is greater in size and and. In fact, Amazon employs over 107 lobbyists that are full-time in Washington, D.C.
3: I'm going to say that that because of the the COVID thing, that some of the drug companies are back up.
7: Or that they don't need to be back up, (laughs) considering the handout that they've received, which has been, you know, incredible. I mean, you know, so much of our our fiscal spending has been, you know, they've been the beneficiaries of... um,
3: I'm gonna say, here we go, uh, pharmaceutical pharmaceutical over the 4.95 billion over the last 23 years. There's a number. Wow. Holy, holy bleep, Batman. Here's one that has to be right there. Insurance, 3.2, uh, over the last however many years. I mean,
7: Not surprised about insurance either, right?
3: Electronic manufacturers and equipment, electric utilities, business associations, oil and gas, miscellaneous manufacturing. Hospital nurse? Where would we be? We'd be miscellaneous. <laughs> you, we'd, hey, you guys are miscellaneous. Uh, I, I, we've always been miscellaneous, haven't we? And it's just kind of the way that works. But uh, it is it is stunning uh, if you if you don't if you don't look at anything. I remember seeing uh, when we started when Trump was doing all the tariff stuff. Uh, one of the listeners, I, we had a, like great listeners. One of the listeners sent me actually what was it, the the bill or. Essentially, was the it was on you know it was on you know some kind of file. It was the uh the, the tariff you know the actual tariffs on, on all these different items whether they had them or didn't and they listed all these items and uh, Jeff it is it is unbelievable. I mean unless you actually are dumb enough to look at it like I did, I'm look, I look I pull up the one on dairy and there's like cottage cheese less than one percent milk fat. Cottage cheese, less than two. Per- there had to be fifteen of them for cottage cheese. I, I had no idea that there. And, and, and all that pops up in the back of your mind is every one of these lines somebody had input into and actually cared about. <laughs> like there's a there's a guy somewhere with a farm like four feet from Canada that's worried about, and he makes cottage cheese with less than two percent milk fat that wants no no tariff for him, so he gets an exception somehow. I mean it it it, it has to be stunning how these. I wish, you know, I don't want to be a representative, but I'd love to sit in, be a, a cockroach on the wall at one of these committee meetings just to watch this happen. Who that? how this input gets there and how this 1200 page document that nobody ever reads, every single line on every page somebody, somebody somewhere cares about. Yeah. And you just wonder how that input even gets there when they can't seem to do anything else <laughs> with any kind of efficiency. But they sure can do that. But it's, it's kind of, nope it's often
7: when you stop and wonder we, you know we we've sat around uh, at lockbox trying to contemplate how we could do better coverage and better stories on the extent of uh lobbying in in the u.s and and how it really works and and you know what's really going on and how money is really being spent and what impact it truly has on legislation and we we just keep on running into roadblocks when we try to come up with anything you know that's uh Definitive there, and and one of the observations was simply, well, think about this: lobbying is really an extension of the government, and in many ways, in the same way that we don't have transparency as to what's going on behind closed doors, and you know, in legislative meetings, um, that's that's basically what lobbying is. These are all ex legislators, right? These are retired senators and representatives that you know continue to play the game from the inside and. It, it's
3: a dark hole. Well, you know, Illinois. The thing—it's weird. I mean, I, I should ask Brent. He probably knows better than any of us. But Illinois is is the, is the genius state on that because, other than like, do, do we have what? You may know the answer to this, but I, I'm going to say that the governor, and maybe the mayor of the city of Chicago, secretary of state, probably too. I mean, there's, there's probably, you know, again, I don't know. I'm gonna say those are the only, quote, full-time jobs in the entire state government. The rest are all considered part-time. Where you can be a lawyer and represent people against the state or the city. You can be a lobbyist. I've gone to a couple of these functions and, uh, the, the, I forget his name. I, I don't forget it, but I won't say it. Uh, he was the head Republican in the, the state Senate here and, uh, one of my buddies. Was trying to get this marijuana place up and running, so he says, we got, we bought these two tickets, by the way, nobody else will go, will you go with me, right? Alright, I'll go. <laughs> just, just for the education of it, I figured the people show would be fantastic. The guy who's the, the, the things for, and he was like the head Republican on the Senate, he gives me a card, the card had nothing to do with his job there, it was his fact that he's a lobbyist.
7: Yeah.
3: The guy who was the, uh, the, t- the tax assessor that got thrown out like three, four years ago. Oh, George uh, Cullerton? No, Berrios. Oh, right. Yeah, but he, right his right. his big job was he's he's a, he's a lobbyist. Mm-hmm. So they're they're not even retired mm-hmm. in Illinois. They're still there. That's,
7: <laughs> that's amazing.
3: And when you th- I mean, I'm going to say uh, what other than the elected offices in the state, and maybe the mayor, alderman, are part time job, right?
7: Yeah. Who needs a pension when you have the. Uh, that, well, they get pension that too. side hustle, right?
3: Well, they get a pension too. I mean, it, it, yeah, exactly. It, it's it, it's scary. well uh, oh, we're gonna have to go to we're gonna dash off the break here. But well, we're gonna, well let me let
7: yeah. me ask you a question before because I, I won't be able to join you after the break. But um, what do you expect to see this evening?
3: Uh, well, you know what, I I my mind is a blank on this, and honestly, is. I mean, he's gonna. I think he's gonna talk about all these sanctions, and I'm gonna say some of them are way more than I thought they'd go. I, I'm I'm kind of stunned at how everybody's piling on here, aren't you? And I think he's going to say we're, we're making serious progress. I mean, It it doesn't look like he's been asleep this last four days. I don't think. I'm not a massive fan. But I'm going to say I'm kind of, I don't know if he's following Europe or something, but it sure seems like every time you turn on the TV or radio, they're whacking these guys up with something else. I'm curious, by the way, uh, maybe you, how do you cut off the Swift stuff, which is the payments mechanism but leave it open for oil and natural gas. How, how do you I mean how do you do that?
7: I, mean, yeah, I I'm, I'm not clear on that. And clearly, you know, I know that the Biden administration came under early criticism for that, including the Swift um, the Swift platform within the earliest round of sanctions, but that was that was clearly driven by European nations who who wanted to do some carve-outs and make sure that you know the the, the cash flow to To their coffers wasn't impacted by that, so uh, so that was uh, uh, kind of an unfair criticism. You can't do that overnight. So, but I but I think they've come around. They had to take the lead on that, and they have taken the lead on that. The European nations, you know, with respect to
3: well, if I'm if I'm in the Oval Office, which is never going to happen, but i gotta have you as my uh, my my man. All you guys in there, I sure as hell can do it myself. Uh, I'd be on the phone to the Fed and say, hey. Call your boys over in Japan. Call your boys over in Europe. Let's make sure that these Russian banks we're, we're putting under all of a sudden don't have a big, a big connection with one of somebody in Europe who happens to have a connection here. This stuff's way more linked, I think, than the general public gives it credit for. You can't just isolate these people because, I mean, the, the currency transactions are flying back and forth. I mean, what happens to a private transaction here, Jeff? One side settles and the other doesn't? I mean, boy, that, that's danger for Will Robinson.
7: That's right. Yeah. That, is, that is correct.
3: Um, you got a dash? Right. Thanks, Bud. We'll talk at you next week. Uh, SP futures down. Uh, we're only down 11 now. We're coming back. Who knows? He might be unchanged by the time the show's over. As futures down 35, be right back. Stocks and Jacks.
8: Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor oh, in honey, the likelihood me of before you, you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for 1 year at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All While exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits
6: Or visit my website at com. That's
1: myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks, Stocks, and Jocks. You are out of control. Here,
0: right,
3: now. Right, here. right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. North Face, station Jacks. I'm Time Out. She's Eliani on the board, SP Futures. Only down 14 now. NASDAQ is down 44. And I say only. We were down 30 when we came in. NASDAQ was down over 100. Now they've cut that well, by way more than half. We'll see. It's been our, our shtick the last couple of days as we we are down in the morning and then we, we come up during the day. We're not sure why that is, but that's what's happening. Now uh, futures down about 200 over in Europe. These guys are getting whacked, though. Uh, DAX down 397. Oh, it's back a little bit since the last time we did this. Still, it's 2.75%. Puts you down 83, 1.1% around down 155, It's 2.3%. So, pretty significant there over in Asia. Over there, the other way. They most, they most like the, the idea of a war over there. Nikkei up 317, 1.2%, Shanghai up 26.8%, and Sang up 48.2%. There's not a whole lot of correlation here. Bonds, this is the big story today. Well, they're actually back a little bit. Tenure, now only down 7 basis points to 1.76. Uh, was down, they were down 9. The bond, now get this, they've gone back negative, minus .02. After being positive .28, I'm gonna say last Friday. Uh, Japan, at .17 are down a little bit, but not very much. So bonds have been flying, especially the Euro bonds. Oil, up 408 to 99.80. Uh, we have Brent up 451 to 102.48. Natural gas up 6 cents, 4.47. We've got gold up 19 bucks, which is a lot. 1919. Silver up 35 cents, 24.72. Copper up nine cents, four fifty-four. So all the metals are flying, and crypto is also flying up twenty-eight hundred forty-four thousand five ninety. Eliane, well, what have we got for us? Traffic, weather,
6: sports. Good morning, everyone. Currently seven thirty-seven a.m. on March first. Let's start with sports. In the NBA, Bulls lose to Heat last night, ninety-nine to one twelve. Suns will be playing later this week, so look forward to that in college basketball. Arizona State uh, will be playing USC tonight, and UIC will be playing Milwaukee Panthers uh, tonight as well. Looking at Chicago weather, let's take a look. I'm going to refresh my page here. Currently cloudy, 44 with a high of 45 and a low of 32 in Chicago. And Phoenix, sunny, 50 with a high of 85 and a low of 50. Looking at traffic this morning, a little bit busy on the road. We have traffic eastbound on 290 between Highway 45 all the way to downtown approaching the 290-I94 construction intersect, so please be mindful of that. Uh, traffic westbound on 290 between Costner and 17th. Uh, there's a previous accident from early this morning, 294 northbound between uh, County Line and uh, Highway 45, so be mindful of that. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 90 East Ramp and Lawrence. Traffic westbound on I-90 between Lawrence and Harlem. Traffic eastbound on I 94 between the 94 East Ramp and Roosevelt. Traffic westbound on I 94 between 130th and Cicero. So it's a major line of traffic. So be mindful of that driving into work this morning. And a bit of traffic northbound on 55 between Route 71 and South Kedzie. And that's all I have for you, Chief.
3: Yeah. Um, so why aren't, why aren't you one of these people, Eliani? 1,600 people are, are lobbyists of the pharmaceutical health product lobbyists. Hmm. And, uh,. Fifty nine point one percent are former government employees.
6: I am not sure. I uh, maybe because I don't feel like it.
3: <laughs> but I mean, it's it's big dough. You can do that a couple days a week. You can still do your your uh, your music stuff, you know.
6: I feel like my soul would die.
3: <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, you know, sometimes you know you gotta you gotta get the paycheck, as they say. <laughs> Well, we should have Mister Flanagan calling in in a couple minutes, but we are here, Tom. He is here. What's up, man? You are here. How are you, bud? I am good. How about you, Tom? I'm, I'm hanging. We got, uh, stuff coming. I mean, I don't, we've had, I mean, we're, we're trying to uh, talk about a war. We're talking about business. We're talking about the Fed. We're talking about the markets. We're talking about a lot of stuff right here. It's hard to even, I don't really, Jeff asked me, uh, what I think was going to go down at the State of the Union tonight. I, I don't, I think they're going to say they're all, they're on, that they declared, they're going to de- declare victory on the COVID for one. They're going to talk about how they're going to, how uh, they've helped all the states out and gave people money and all this other kind of stuff, and they're going to talk about how they're they're putting the screws to Putin as, as best they can. And uh seems like they're at least doing some. I mean, I you know I don't know if I. What do you think?
5: Well, I don't know what else they can say. And probably for those for that reason, Tom, I don't think I can I can stomach watching it. But
3: <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, Well,
5: a. I mean, it, as as these speeches always tend to be, the the partisanship. Um that really holds back any kind of, you know, really useful or important initiatives in Congress. is on full display in these nights. So you really see just how intransigent people are. And, and I'm, I'm saying for, for both parties. It doesn't matter whether it's a Republican or a Democratic president who's giving the speech. Um, so they tend to be really disappointing examples of just how little trust there is and how how much honesty there is really in, in political dialogue so i suspect this one won't be any different or any better than previous ones
3: well i remember way back to to bush one and he was you know reasonably well liked by both personally by both sides of the aisle at least when the guy walked in he's shaking hands with everybody democrats republicans i mean uh, you know it, it kind of used to be like that um and, you know, he always had some policies that one liked and the other, but this, this thing where the entire one side jumps up and starts to clap and not one person the other side. <laughs> I mean, you watch that all night long and you sit there and go, what are these guys doing? It, it's just bad theater.
5: Right. And, you know, the, remember the last couple ones where you know, people are dressed in color-coded, you know, symbols of, you know, whatever their allegiances are or whatever their hatreds are, and you've got Nancy Pelosi ripping up the copy of Trump's speech at the end his delivery of it I mean this this kind of stuff is just like bad theater oh yeah. really bad
3: theater well they're supposed to be our adults they're supposed to be the the the, 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 the wisest adults in the room they should they're supposed to be what the what the Yiddish people call a mensch, right They're anything yep. but is there is there a a Catholic uh Christian word that equ- uh, equivalents to mensch? you
5: know i th- I actually thought about this Tom and i can't think of one which is why we you know we need you know, a lot of Yiddish words in English because English doesn't go quite far enough to the goal sometimes. Um, if, if you know the Billy Wilder movie The Apartment, you know that, yeah. that whole thing is about uh, Jack Lemons becoming a mensch and a, a Jewish doctor tells him what that means. And by God, at the end of the movie, he does become that. And that's kind of what, what the movie's whole subtext is about. But I can't imagine putting that into words in a way without using the word mensch.
3: The closest I can come to it is is maybe what somebody would be called a Renaissance man.
5: Yeah, and even that's more about being kind of you know a lot. Yeah, and you can do a lot, but but whether you do it for honest purposes or whether you're you're you know, a trustworthy individual is kind of beside the point.
3: <laughs> yeah, everybody else can always count on you, and you, they're going to give you're going to give advice that doesn't that is fair and doesn't just benefit you.
5: Right, yeah. Spike Lee maybe was closest, but it took him a whole sentence to do the right thing.
3: So. Yeah, yeah, buy five hundred shares. <laughs> 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 not, 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 that, not that kind of a dude. I, I, uh, I'm watching and I, I'm, I'm trying to uh, ask ask the questions here and certainly not give the answers. I was saying earlier, I'm getting tired of people telling me exactly what Putin. Do, no, they know exactly what Putin's up to and what he's going to do and this and the other thing because. I'm not so sure the people around him know what he's going to do right now. It seems to me like I, it doesn't. If there's a plan, it's kind of scattered. I mean, they've got this morning. They've got this twenty-mile convoy heading for this one city. What are they planning on doing when they get there? Are they, are they hoping people just let them drive through, or if, or if they if they one shot, they're going to they're going to they're going to level the place? I mean, do you think they you think there is a plan? I
5: don't. I don't know anything really. Just you know that I can point to about the, the military strategy here that I can. Say, is maybe even actually happening. I, I'm not trusting a lot of what we're getting. Um, there's all sorts of fake videos that have been outed about you know, things that were filmed years ago and now they're being labeled this kind of an explosion somewhere in Ukraine. And I'm really suspicious of how easy it is, really, to, to give misinformation about wars. And you would think it, in you know, the electronic age it would be harder to do it, but it's, of course it's much easier. And what what I'm really not getting is how all these institutions are are just leaping to the fore and doing everything to to align people that they can with Putin and to turn them into scapegoats, to shun them, to fire them, uh, to deprive them of gigs. This is happening in the arts industry, the music industry, the opera industry. Anybody who has ever filmed or had a picture taken Standing next to Putin has been fired from the Metropolitan Opera now, and I, I'm just kind of aghast that this is the way, you know, we we conduct our politics by, by just zeroing in on civilians and turning them into pariahs. Well, this is this is what's been happening with the whole COVID mess. It's been yeah, yeah. It's happening in, in other. Well,
3: once it gets out that that's where, that's the way you treat people, it's not gonna it's not gonna stop at a, at a, at a topic you don't want it to stop at, or you want. It right, to and stop.
5: it makes me think that it really isn't about politics at all. It's, it's about vendettas and grudges and about, you know, turning the, the, a population in a in direction, whatever way you can, without maybe having the, the stuff to back it up. But if it's all about an, an emotional, hysterical response, just the stuff that's got nothing to do with with you know, warfare, but, but everything has become political now, so that you can't say anything or entertain somebody without being accused of being on the well, wrong a lot side of, it, of A lot of it political. comes down to
3: a lot of it comes down to stealing somebody's stuff. I mean we we for how how long has this guy been in power even before that? I mean I mean you look at uh you know Trump uh was was bailed out. It's probably too strong of a word, found uh, shall we say, a whole bunch of Russian buyers in a nick of time for a couple of his things in New York. That I mean that's correct, right? I mean the, the, the I'm not in uh you know, any buyer's are good but we had no nothing going on here that said the you know, the Russians couldn't buy three well, floors of Well, Look at the uh,
5: Chicago taxi cab industry. Yeah, yeah. It was pr- pr- really sort of the personal property of a Russian oligarch. So yeah, yeah. If, if, if we, we didn't have to wait for Trump to do
3: any of this. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's when I talk about having a, a premonition. The um, re- reason why I, I used to drive a cab for a little while. <laughs> and uh, I which, was, which company, Tommy? Oh, I was at Evergreen Park. Oh. But, uh, garden? Garden? Yeah, yeah, I was a garden guy. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, f- the first day, talking about the weird weird stuff, I, you know, I always I always drove cars that somewhat I maintained to some extent. Well, the f- I, I'm driving a cab. My first run, the thing conks out, right? So they had a, little, they had a garage over at 99th and uh, uh, Longwood, right next to the train station. Yeah, the I that. They, brought, they used to bring her. Well, the guy comes out, and he's got this little tow truck with a big, you know, rubber thing in the front. He, he's going to push me over there, you know, because they had the big bumpers in those days. I didn't realize how much pressure you had to put on a power brake system if the power was out. So the guy pushes me over the top of one of those hills at Logwood Drive. The thing starts going down. I, I hit the <laughs> brake. All of a sudden, I don't know how I didn't push the seat into the back. I it took so much strength to stop the damn thing. I, I, almost, I almost flew into somebody's house. <laughs> like, like anyway, but uh, but I I lived across from. Uh, what the hell's the name of the place? Mike's Rainbow on Clark Street there? Yeah. Where all the cabbies would, that's where they all went for breakfast and everything. And uh, I was always in there, when, you know, with the bids for the medallions and stuff. Whenever I got in a cab, I'd always ask the guy about, you know, how much the rent is or the lease and stuff. So I was pretty into it, and I, and I realized how the r- Russians had taken over the place. And as soon as Trump's attorney, as soon as the, they got to the part where he he uh had, what, 12 or 9 or 10 cab medallions? I'm sitting there going, this guy's in trouble. Because if you had a cab medallion, if you didn't play it straight, you could find somebody who would lease it for you, and maybe you'd get a check for 25 hours a day and you get cash for 50. So, it, virtually anybody who did that, unless you were, you know, purer than Pharaoh's wife, you had a tax problem. <laughs> right? But I mean, if they actually dug into your stuff, and, I, and as soon as they went after this guy, didn't he have, uh, let's see, the guy that went to jail, what the hell was his name? Uh, you know what i'm talking about like yeah, I, I, uh, I but he as soon as i heard he had 10 or 10 or 12 medallions i'm going man unless he was really sure enough did they get him for tax evasion on the medallions yeah i think they did and uh that's I mean, one of the reasons he went because it, it was uh I, when i first moved into 70 west huron you could have bought a and my brother and dr j talked me out of it two goofballs uh with twenty thousand bucks for the medallion and two years left on a cab. For those that don't know, you can only have a cab for five years and you then you sell it to a suburban cab company that has no no such rules, right? So this thing I would have gotten eighty bucks a day for like thirty years for my twenty grand. That's not bad. <laughs> and uh and at one point when it came to the Olympics, if you really wanted to, would they get to a quarter mil when we we're when we were applying for the Olympics? Oh yeah. I, I I probably would have been too dumb to sell, but anyway, I probably would have sold it somewhere along the line, but um,
5: anyway. Well, yeah, the, the oligarch system is, is alive and flourishing yeah. in this country because we've got our, our tech people, you know, the Zuckerbergs and the Dorseys and people like that who are, are for given their skill set and their, their track record, you know, there's no particular reason why they should be successful, let alone as successful as they are, but they're in protected industries, and yeah. this is really what, what what being an oligarch is all about. It's is creating an empire and a monopoly, and getting getting the government to back you up
3: on it. Well, and, and you you're outside of the regulatory loop. I mean, right. I mean, you know, you don't you don't see, you know, Schwab or Goldman Sachs going through the same crap that a small firm goes through, on, on, on any kind of a scale.
5: That's right. Their paths are completely greased, and you know, you're, you're taken care of.
3: But the, the weird part is that you know, I think we've got. Is not one of the oligarchs? Does he own the New Jersey Nets or something? Yeah. Just built it, but I am saying my point well, is: is let, we let, let's, let's talk about sports and that. <laughs> yeah, well, what I am what I'm saying is, what happens is these guys come here; their their money's quote good. I don't know if we actually build these super yachts here. Aren't those most of those done in Sweden or, where, where, or Greece or yeah, someplace offshore? Off but I mean, but I mean, if somebody comes in here and, and starts buying, you know, a, a big yacht or whatever they're buying, there was there was never any any hint of Russian money's no good. I mean, we gleefully sold it to them, right? There was a guy that said capitalists would be happy to sell you the rope with which you hang him. I mean, sure. and all well, of a sudden yeah. now Putin runs into Ukraine, which is not much different than he did in Crimea. Evidently nobody cared about Crimea. Uh, and all of a sudden, if, if you even touch one of these guys, you're know you you're not supposed to go to a game owned by a Russian or a team owned by a Russian. You know, where does that all come from all of a sudden? I mean, it just seems like kind of a, a you know, I mean, Obviously, well, if you if you care to know about it, like I think most of the people on the show, or listeners do, because Lou talked about it last. Anybody who doesn't even have the vague history that Russia was essentially taken over by former KGB agents, which became the mob, w- with five hundred people having what percentage of the company's GDP? And if you don't know that, I mean, and, ha- and haven't known that for twenty years, I mean, I feel sorry for you. But now all of a sudden, hey, this guy's Russian. This is an outrage. I mean, really.
5: Well, and The thing is, Thomas, that's exactly what's happened in Ukraine too. And you know, there's an excellent video you, you can find on YouTube. It's by uh, it's, an, it's sort of a, a seminar conducted by John Mearsheimer, who is a political science professor at U of C. And he got some airplay, you know, during the lead up to the Iran uh, to the Iraq War, um, because he was, he was he was one of the senior voices. That PBS would put on TV to, to say what, what a ridiculous proposition this was becoming. But he's got a really good video explaining the history of, you know, our involvement in Ukraine going back, say, for the last 15, 16 years, and really puts it into perspective that, that there's been a, a complete lack of appreciation for what how sees Ukraine and the whole confusion of the issues with. Pushing NATO and trying to get you know our allies behind that too shows a really stupid you know kind of invention on the part of the State Department here and the CIA to make this kind of thing happen when there's no way it's going to happen. And why like Crimea was uh, you know Putin's, Putin's to take because there were Russian naval bases there and they weren't going to let those fall into NATO's hands. Um, all of this has, has pretty clear geopolitical roots. And things that we should know better about, and Mearsheimer makes the case that we're we're just reaping, old, you know, many years of stupid policy and and blind, you know, ideology about.
3: But somebody's know. always making money. American foreign policy always benefits somebody. It's, you know, some corporation and somebody. But still, you have to be if if you're, Putin, you you can't have, you know, forty thousand people in in tanks rolling in some city and open fire in today's world. I mean, you, you mean no matter what he. He needed to find a, a, a better way to communicate his problem to the world. I mean, this is this is not it. I don't well, think.
5: Well, I guess you know, if it comes to you know allowing Ukraine to become a a NATO member, I think. It, what else do you do?
3: Well, that's that's kind of uh, he has the
5: bargaining power. Uh, other than, but that's kind of Carl's is,
3: point too. But on the ground. One, I mean, if you're in Ukraine, who do you want to ally yourself with? This is what I was fighting with Carl back and forth about yesterday. Uh, th- uh, who do you want to ally yourself with? Do You want to ally yourself with a, a company that's going a country that's going straight downhill, except for oil and gas, and where 100 or 200 or 500 people take all the money, or do you want to grow with Europe and the U.S.? I mean, we, we, there's, that's not much of a choice.
5: Uh, I, I think he's taken a choice that works for him, probably in the long run. And I, I know you can't get anybody in the U.S. to say that or see it that way, but um, I think we've we've kind of made it impossible for other. Alternatives to work here. Unfortunately, we've, we've, we've sort of backed ourselves and Putin into corners here, and nobody seems willing to, to say that. So,
3: well, I mean, you go back to the uh, the Iraq War, and there, there are people. I read actually, I read something a couple weeks ago, John, out of the blue. I got something from one of the listeners, and it had to do with the history of our diplomacy and the cross the, the cross uh, signals we were given uh, Saddam Hussein regarding Kuwait. There's people that is data would swear we told them go ahead. We, we had no problem with it. When, they, when they, Kuwait was, what, they were sticking, uh, uh, drills down and then angling them into Iraq. I mean, I, I'm not a petroleum engineer, it sounds weird to me, but how they were actually stealing what they consider to be Iraq oil by, you know, right on the border, they'd put a drill in and, like, angle it under the border. <laughs> you know, who the hell knows? Uh, but that, that he was, that he was outraged, and we said, well, you know, if you want to go kick their ass, go ahead. And as soon as he did, everybody's outraged. I mean, I I doubt I doubt if I'm, he may have heard that. I doubt if that actually came from our president or, or our secretary of state. He may have thinks he heard it, but I can't believe we actually would have said that ever. As much as I like, I will criticize. But I mean, now this time, I mean, do we. I don't know that we. Crimea is one thing. Okay, he's got his base. Now what? I mean, what do what is what does he care? I mean, in, in terms of money, Jan, what he he would be better off. Is he going to make more money trading with a, a Ukraine that he just conquered, with the world basically up his butt, or is he better off just trading with them the way they were? Well, he's
5: I think he's pretty happy he's still trading with us.
3: Well, I mean, <laughs> I he know. is, and of course,
5: we well, don't well, seem to be any, in any hurry to change. So well,
3: the ruble went down. Much,
5: they, they, we can really back up what we're, you know, blathering about.
3: Well, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm talking about our inability to, to to see that virtually everybody here who has savings. That their savings is going to be down 10% at the end of the year, given our inflation policy. I mean, what do you think, what, what if you're a Russian and you, and your ruble lost 20% last night? That's a bad day. Your, your markets are closed, you can't sell anything. I mean, if, if you're, if you're a Russian today, you're, you're up bleep creek without an oar. Right? I mean, uh.
5: I think we're kind of in the same boat. Uh, not, not, not like that. No, but I'm, I mean, that's why I think a lot of this really is, is diversionary on the West part because the, the inflation story is one they cannot spin. I don't care what the president says tonight about inflation; he's not going to convince anybody who's shopping on a regular basis that, that anything is other than horrible. Well, but and he's there's also a real, you know, a desire to be honest about it, which is even worse
3: well he's also not going to mention i mean my which my brother is very articulate at because uh, he watches these he and Carl both are all over these these international uh grain numbers he's not going to mention that oh by the way you know ninety bazillion people in the world can only afford five hours a day to eat and by the way a day's i'll use the term porridge is up to six bucks and we're and we're, we're pushing worldwide, you know, uh, revolutionary. We don't do something. I mean, it's, it's not just us. I mean, it, it's the beauty about, you know, sometimes Americans, and I'm falling into that trap too. We don't, we only think about, we only look in the mirror and all we see is ourself. But I mean, what, what is, what is somebody, uh, you know, and, and once in a while we'll, we'll have, you know, the, the Israelis will have a problem with people in the, you know, in the, what's the, the Sinai or someplace. Well, guess what? If, if the, if the cost of, Surviving on a day's, you know, grain and the Sinai just went up a dollar and you don't have the dollar. Do you think the Israelis are going to have more problems with the people in the Sinai? I'm going to say yes. All this, all this kind of hinges together. You never really hear that, Jim. But it, you, you can't do one thing, right? We can't just inflate a little bit here so, so Target can make money, right? Or, or somebody or, or Microsoft can raise their prices 20, 40% when their costs are going up 20. it, it, it reverberates everywhere. And somebody's always on the short end of the stick. And a lot of times those people get pissed off once in a while. Not a lot of times, once in a while.
5: And the downside, too, I guess, I guess you have to call it the downside, um, is you, we can't really put in troops in, in a situation like this, nor would I you know, advise doing that. But we, we have to do nothing other than just, or we can't do nothing other than just complain and wring our hands and try to isolate right. um, So Putin a- for, for kind of protecting his territorial you know, front the way we protect ours. Oh, yeah. The way, way we should protect ours, I guess I should
3: say. Well, um, yeah, so just, Well, you. I just don't want to see the man, the man... I want him to turn around and go home. I don't want to see him desperate. On one hand, I want to see him get his ass kicked. On the other hand, if I do... If he does, I wonder, I'm i worried about what he's going to do. So, I don't know. I have no idea what I'm even rooting for here. Do you?
5: No, I... I you know, it doesn't look like, um... What leadership they, they call leadership in Ukraine can really, um you know they're going to turn this into some kind of you know die on the hill over what um instead of, of trying to get a negotiated solution i don't see that well, working did you see very any? well there's really nobody here who's a trustworthy um we, gotta we, gotta, it, we gotta we
3: got we gotta dash but did you uh did, did you see the film are these are these legit the films that people from chechnya can't wait to get over there and shoot at russians God. Oh,
5: yeah. God. <laughs> God. Anyway, you don't
4: want those people coming
3: in anywhere. S&P Futures down 11. s Futures down 50. Chan, talk to you later in a week, bud. Uh, good job, Iliani. I'll be back tomorrow Stocks and Jocks.
8: Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to ptisecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.
7: What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.